Listener Production. Hey guys, um, in case you didn't pick it up from uh, the title of today's episode, this episode is going to deal with some themes of domestic violence and we just want to give you a chance to opt out if that's something that you think you'll find a bit difficult and we'll put uh, the contacts and numbers of some support services in the show notes for you as well. <laughs> it needs to be grand because it's our first one in so long. Months, yeah. We haven't been We've in the studio been for a long time. on the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, take it away, my Dorsey Toad of Dice. You don't know. I know. What are the words? Normally we uh, do this, like, for the show. So mm. Not every time I say that. I mean, it's not really a big spoiler, but I'm a backstage and then... We get we a bit of applause, dancing. and now it's weird that I'm doing that. Why is no one applauding? <laughs> Lindsay. Where's, the, where's the audience? Lindsay, Lindsay, where's the audience? <laughs> what is this? All right, I've got it. Hello, listeners. Welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. And, yeah, we, it's been, what, two months since we recorded in a studio? In a studio. At least. Yeah. The lo- I think the last time we recorded together was in Canberra, was it? No, we did Nancy Wake in Sydney. Oh, Nancy Wake yeah. in Sydney. Mm, because yeah. we've been on the road. Yes. Mostly. And um, we've been having a blast. Can we say thank you to everyone who's oh my come God. along to our shows? You have been the best audiences so in the world. So good. So good. We are actually like getting a bit sad because we're we're counting down how many times we have left to do the dance number. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's not that many. Yeah. It's not um, that many. And I'm trying to frantically add more dates, more dates, more yeah, dates to the tour. <laughs> so we do have a few more that we'll be announcing soon. We do. There's um well, there's Perth is our next one that we're doing, and there's still Perth's almost sold out, but I think there's something like 20 seats left maybe. So, Perth, yeah. if you haven't got tickets yet, get in there and get them because mm-hmm. this will honestly be with my solo show having been postponed, cancelled, postponed, cancelled because of COVID and in the end we just had to cancel it because it was like we're doing just the gist now, whatever. I think it's Perth has been waiting, I think, three years Mm-hmm. For me and now you to get there. So mm-hmm. we're a coming next week. Next week? Yes. 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 The and Astor then, Theatre on the 7th. So getting quickly, yeah. it is about 20 or 30 tickets. Yeah, I think it's about left. 20 or 30 left. And then. Um, and can I just say that is going to be huge. That is the biggest is. venue we're doing in yeah. the entire tour. It's going to be sold out. The and vibe is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. And for Perth, Listeners, we need you to go off in the dance because we promised everyone that we would film the dance number mm-hmm. to eventually show to people who didn't get to come to the tour and Perth Astor Theatre is the one we're filming. So yeah. you better effing go crazy wild because this needs to look good. <laughs> You've got to perform don't, as hard as we are. Don't make us look lame. <laughs> um, and then we've got Gosford, your hometown. Gosford, yes. is that what that's after Perth? That's correct. On the twelfth of May, Coast. yes. Coast. And then Drifters we've got Wharf, which will always be Iguana Joe's to me. Iguana Joe's, mm-hmm. and then we've got um, I don't know the dates, but another Sydney show, and then on the fourteenth. 
Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. And then Secret Secret, can't say yet, but a special um, encore show at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Inner city. In what city? <laughs> Melbourne. That uh, <laughs> inner city that we had a sold out run at and still a lot of people desperate for tickets who didn't get them. So we're trying as hard as we can to organize a special encore show at the end of the tour. Mm-hmm. One more show in one more one more time <laughs> in Melbourne, and it might it might just be that you and I are the only ones who want it, and we perform to an empty room. But we do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's we a just. spotlight and a stage. We'd <laughs> do it. Um, all right, we're gonna get to um, which I have to sing by myself for the first time in forever. Okay, here we go. Breaking news, breaking news, I got the scoop, I see, x-ray, x-ray, read all about it, breaking news, it's coming down the wire. I like it better when it's not being weaponized at one person in the theatre. <laughs> That's the funnest part of the show. People want it now, though. People stand up and beg to be the one. It's become an honour, and what you must know is I never pick the person who wants it. I pick the person who looks like they want it the least. (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, here's a quick one. You know how I love my Tiki Tok? One of my favourite people to follow on the Tiki Tok is um, Dr. Carl. Um, You know the science guy, Dr. Carl... Oh, yes, from Neighbours. Oh, no, not from Neighbours. Not Dr. Mm -hmm. Carl Kennedy, Dr. Carl, real Dr. Carl, who Mm -hmm. does all the cool science stuff. He has a TikTok where he just tells you awesome science things. And one of the ones of his that has been going around, and I need to tell you this, by the way, because you always leave the toilet seat up and I slip my whole bum into the toilet. But (laughs) after, because I never think to check... Whenever you're at my house, I go to the toilet and I fall into the toilet bowl because I'd never – anyway. He recently did a TikTok about what happens if you flush with the toilet cover-up, like the lid. Oh, yeah. Which I know you don't flush with it closed because you leave the lid and the seat up. But he basically said when you flush with the toilet lid up, it sends millions of like – Bacteria particles from your poop, from your wee, from the toilet bowl, from the toilet water. Millions and millions of tiny particles go flying into the air and they go all over the bathroom like a tornado that you can't see. But if you had a microscope, it would look like a tornado of poo particles fly everywhere. And he said they're floating around usually for about four hours until they slowly start to sink like snow. And so then they just slowly drip down and sink and land in places all over the bathroom, including, most importantly, on your toothbrush. So if you flush the toilet with the toilet open, you are definitely brushing your teeth with pooey toilet water. (laughs) (sighs) This is why you need to be on TikTok. It's where all the important news is. I've told you this. So we really need, and it would be worse for you even because you, you're you losing the protection that even the seat provides. Mm, mm. you got to close the whole thing before you flush. <sighs> Made me want to throw out everything. And I'm, because in my bathroom, I don't have a lot of cupboard space, like cabinet space. So all my stuff's out in the open. It'd be all over my makeup brushes, all over everything. 
I feel really gross right now. I feel very yeah. confronted. Yeah. Oh. you got to get on TikTok. I mean, I'd heard someone say it once, but they definitely weren't a scientist. So I was sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Oh, Dr. Carl knows. And I'm sure Dr. Carl Kennedy would agree. He's also <laughs> a man of science. <laughs> okay, so. well, thank you. It's been a while since we had a toilet-based PSA from you. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of another toilet bit of um, toilet-based bit of breaking news, there was a Melbourne show, and we haven't done a, a, an epi- a new episode other than live shows for a while, so I didn't get to talk about it. But there was a Melbourne show where I don't know if you remember if you were at it for like the first twenty minutes, <laughs> I was. I had complete word salad. Like I was stumbling <laughs> over my words. At one point I called Jacob David. Like I li- like literally mm. I could not get out my words correctly. I couldn't like I just was like blah, blah, blah. And Jacob was kind of looking at me like, are you all right? Because it is not like me to really stumble odd. like that at a yeah. live show. And anyway, I, I sort of like got myself together and then we just went on with the show and that was it. What I didn't tell Jacob but what I did tell him the second we got off stage was – The reason that happened, and if you were at the show, you would know what I'm talking about because I was totally, I sounded deranged, was because the second we finished the dance and I sat down on the couch to, like, start the show, um, as soon as I sat down, this massive gush of period just went, (laughs) (laughs) and I felt it. And the thing is, you would know, we wear these leotards for the dance number and mm. then we put our fancy gowns on over it to come out and sit down. So there's not a lot of layers between mm. me and period going everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I sat down on the couch in like undies, leotard and dressing, like mesh dressing gown. Which is a very the, pale pink. A very pale pink. And I just felt this massive gush and every woman in the world would know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Like it was warm and it was big. It was a big one. And it was weird because it was like the day after my period had ended, so it was so unexpected. So I hadn't prepared anything. Mm. I was just wearing undies. And the second it happened, it's like my soul left my body. Because I would, (laughs) it is the worst nightmare every girl has from the second you know what periods are you get up and check check your the back of your skirt mm. every for years at high school because you think you're going to walk around with period on the back of your school uniform right mm. like i literally was sitting there on stage in front of 500 people thinking the second i stand up there's going to be period all over the back of my <laughs> <dressing> <laughs> and so oh. i'm sitting there and you're just like breaking news breaking news and i'm like ah! But really in my head, I was like, my soul had left my body. I was just like, I wasn't, I was not present. I I was literally just sitting there thinking, I have got my period in front of 500 people and soon they're going to know. Well, all things considered, you held it together very, very well. Oh my God. It was one of my worst nightmare moments of my life. And the funny thing is, by the end of the show, I'd forgotten Forgotten. about it. And then I just stood up and turned around and (laughs) took took a bow. And luckily it was fine. But um, whew. I was thinking about that today. Actually, like, how was it fine? Just some sort of miracle, or did you? Sort oh, of I mean, clench look, and... it was it was in my knickers. Like, it sort of uh-huh. didn't see. Oh, it was probably a bit on my lip, but it didn't seep any further than my knickers. Thank God. Oh, um, that's, lucky that's a stroke of luck. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't just clench. <laughs> 
but a girl can feel a gush of period and then just clench what? Her 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 labia? What do you mean a girl can clench? Like she's a I don't think that like anymore. Like she's a Venus flytrap or like a, <laughs> like do you think when a penis is in there we can a like clam. clench around it like a clam? <laughs> Oh, we kind of can a bit. But, like, no, you can't with a period. Like, you can't. That's like, oh, my God, you know what this reminds me of? That boy who um, tweeted, oh, he wasn't a boy. He was, like, 19, um, got so much shit on Twitter a few years ago because he tweeted that he um, doesn't think it's fair that um, uh, we're considering uh, sanitary, uh, menstruation and sanitary items becoming tax exempt because, um you know, if guys can hold in a wee, girls should be able to hold in their period. Oh. And people were saying to him, like, do you not do you not understand? It's not like if you cut yourself, can you hold in the blood just mm. with your mind? Like it's not the same. You don't think that, right? Not anymore. Because you just no. asked me if I stopped. Well, I wondered it if maybe clenching. it was a short-term solution, like, you know, you couldn't no, go for days, I mean, look, but... no, no. Once you, when I say you feel a gush, I mean the gush is it coming out. Okay. It kind of feels, you know, it feels like a, a little bit like wee because it's like quite warm and it's and it's liquid. And so you're mm. like, okay, I just, I just had a, I just had a, a bit of an issue. I just oh. had an exit of a bit of what could have been, you know, little little Peggy Sue, but she's lost her chance. Um. <laughs> Goodbye, little Peggy Sue. Can I just say, while we're talking highlights from our tour that are genital-based, <laughs> Geelong, that was the first time that we'd had to do four nights in a row of yeah. wearing those very, very tight outfits. Uh-huh. And I have really struggled even when we've been doing two or three nights in a row wearing <laughs> all the stuff I've got to use to strap down yeah. my bits for us to be able to do the dance. And by the time we were in Geelong, my bits were just protesting so hard and refusing to stay put in, you know, the little structure little that's been put yeah. in place to hold them there. Um, and so I... <laughs> While Rosie was halfway through a sentence, I had to stop her. So Not that I on could... stage. We weren't on no, stage. No. This is before, yeah, before we, we went were on stage. Backstage before we went on stage. Like we're just back there, like just, you know, hanging out, getting ready. It was probably about 20 minutes before we went on. <laughs> just by the way, we weren't yes. in front of people. <laughs> um, I had to stop her so that I could go into the next room with a big bottle of really cold water so that I could shove that down between my legs to get everything to shrink up enough to then be able to pack it into place so that it would then stay yeah. there for the duration of the show. I've got to tell you, having the last couple of weeks off has just been the most blessed relief. <laughs> well, I think that's um, that's why it's so true that men are from Mars and women are from Venus because I, I just, or no, I should say people with penises and people with vaginas mm. are very different and don't understand the equipment of the other because mm. I have no concept of you, your bits expanding enough that they need to be shrunk with cold water. <laughs> I mean, I know from that episode of Seinfeld with George Costanza in the pool that shrinkage is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, but and I don't know it has how to be you deployed strategically. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how you guys walk around with those things. I don't. Yeah, no, thank They're you. They're tricky. They can be very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm. But you thank learn to manage. You at all. So I guess that. Was breaking news <laughs> because, oh. <laughs> because it's quite a long story today. Because um, you know, we haven't done a 
studio one in a while, so I've done quite a long one. So, um, yeah, you get uh, poo-poo toilet water and periods and shrinking penises. Okay, <laughs> that was Breaking News. <laughs> Best Entertainment Podcast 2020. Mm. <laughs> they can't take that away from us. Um, truly, though, the show's are a blast and we're getting to the end of the tour run now, so we will be back to regular weekly-ish programming very soon. But um, mm-hmm. honestly, if you haven't got to a live show, you've got to get to one because they are so fun. They are Absolutely. such a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and also we've been given lots of gifts and, like, people bring us presents to the shows and um, we haven't had a chance to, like, post stuff yet, but I've sort of, um, I'm collecting them all, and I think we'll do a big post at the end of all the cool gifts we've gotten because we've gotten some really hilarious, cool stuff. Very, very thoughtful. And very thoughtful, some hilarious cool stuff. things as well. And um, we'll have to include some of the photos of what people have shown up wearing. To yes. The oh my god, which has made us feel stupid that we haven't created our own merch and made money off it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because y'all are making your own merch, and it's mm-hmm. so funny just with like. Funny lines from the podcast and lots of why are men's, lots, lots of, of pictures of segways. Lots just of to pictures catch of me. <laughs> <laughs> lots of pictures of segways. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, we had oh, two God. ladies show up dressed as Moira Rose. Oh yes, which my yeah. auntie thought they were dressed as me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, but. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, like, they love you so much. They're dressed as you. And I was like, well, that's Moira Rose, who is, like, universally known for dressing ridiculously. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> anyway. All right, here we go. <clears throat> oh, I'm so excited about this one because it's hot off the press. Oh. Like, coming down the wire right now, et cetera. Today, I'm giving you just the gist on the disappearance of Sherry Papini. Uh-huh. No, I got nothing. Well, I did mention this to you a week ago to see if you knew who it was. So mm. you do know basically what it is if you were listening and or remember the conversation. <laughs> remember um, I was like, have you heard anything about Sherry Papini, that woman who was kidnapped five years ago? Oh, and then yes, came we back? were driving back from Geelong. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is The Disappearance of Sherry Papini, Mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of twists and turns, so strap in because Mm. there is a lot to this story and a huge break in the news of this story literally happened like two days ago. So today we're recording this on Tuesday and this comes out on Friday. So this is all happening like in the last week from within, from when you're hearing this. Uh Uh-huh. Gistners. Okay. Okay, here we go. go. Oh, this... Okay. I don't want to give it anything away. On November 2, 2016, mm. Keith Papini came home from his job selling TVs at Best Buy, which is like JB Hi-Fi, I think. Like, a, uh-huh. you know, a store like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, to discover that his wife, Sherry Papini, wasn't home. And she and their two young children always greet him when he pulls up in the drive. Like, they run outside to say hello. So he thought it was a bit strange that um, no one was there. And he looks through the house and there's no sign of any of them. He tries calling her phone. There's no answer, which is also really strange. He assumes they're all together somewhere. So he checks the um, Find My iPhone app, which he and his wife both have for each other's phones. Mm -hmm. And it shows that her phone is down at their letterbox, which is about a mile away, which I think is about a mile is like 
a bit more two than a kilometre, about two and a bit kilometres, yeah. Mm. Um, because they live in like quite a rural part of California in the US called Redding. Um, mm. And so, you know, like in country kind of rural areas, the houses are so far back from the main road that they'll usually just have a bunch of letterboxes for all the houses in the area in like one place so the yep. postman can just come and mm-hmm. put them all there. So that's what their letterbox is like. So he's like, okay, she's probably at the letterbox if that's where her phone is, but her car is still at the house. And he's like she wouldn't have walked two kilometres with our four-year-old and our two-year-old to the letterbox. Mm. But he's like, I'll just go down there. So he goes down there and she's not there, but he does that thing where Find My iPhone makes the uh, like the phone ping, like it goes ding, 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 and he can hear it. So mm. he gets out of the car and he finds her phone on the side of the road with her headphones connected to it and there's a bunch of her blonde hair like stuck in the headphone cord. Oh, And so at this point, he's freaking out. So he calls the daycare where their kids go to see what time Sherry picked them up. And the daycare lady is like, "Um, she didn't pick them up. They're still here. And so then he starts like panicking because that is not usual. So he says in an interview he did on the show 2020 later that that's when he knew something was really wrong. So he called 911 straight away and he said, I think my wife has been kidnapped. And they're like, mate, she's been missing for 20 minutes. Like, he's like, no. She's been kidnapped. Like, Mm. she jogs along this road all the time. It's really isolated. She's been taken. And apparently it's just inconceivable to him that she would have left because usually the Mm. police go, your wife's probably taken off or what. He's like, no, she's been taken. He was adamant from the start. Mm -hmm. And so on this 2020 interview that he did later, he does seem so in love with her and their story is quite sweet. They grew up together and they went to high school together They dated in year seven, but nothing more really came of it. They reconnected later in life and he remembered that he still had a box of all the little love notes they'd sent each other back Mm -hmm. in year seven and he showed that to her and they ended up dating and soon he proposed and they got married and they are like an all-American couple to the max. At this point when she disappears, they're both 34. He is like very jock-looking like a high school quarterback. She is super thin, long blonde hair. She looks like a head cheerleader. Like they look like they would have been the prom king and queen in a movie about a high school, American, all-American high school. You know what I mean? Mm. She has a blog in the lead up to their wedding where she talks about how in love they are and she shares all their wedding planning. And then the blog sort of turns more into a mummy blogging type thing when they have kids. And apparently she's just a super mom and, She's a stay-at-home mom while he sells TV at the Best Buy and it's just this perfect little American family. Mm-hmm. So because she's white and thin and has long blonde hair and looks like one half of, you know, this prom king and queen couple, Sherry Papini's disappearance makes big news, like, really fast. And mm. this is the stuff news directors, like, salivate over, like a beautiful young white woman with two little kids and her husband looks like a Disney prince and she's mm. gone missing while jogging on an isolated road. Like, yep. ding, 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 big, 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 big news. Um, mm. So within hours of reporting her missing to police, there are major searches underway for Sherry. The whole town gets involved. From the first day, people, like literally the first day, that afternoon, people had made T-shirts written with text to search for Sherry, like in permanent marker, and the next day they had them professionally printed. So, like, people were on it, like, from the get-go. And I think it's because this is the kind of story that people love, like, we want to believe in monsters because it's easier to believe, like, 
the uncomfortable, more likely stuff closer to home. Like mm. the idea of someone you love just getting snatched off the street gives everyone a kind of common goal and something to really like channel their anxiety into, mm. which I think is something super interesting that our favourite podcast that we always talk about, You're Wrong About, mm. has done a bunch of episodes about different things to do with this sort of theory, like particularly their episode about how human trafficking statistics and child abduction statistics are wildly inflated because people don't really want to face the reality of things like children most likely being abused by, you know, a really close family member or the realities of domestic violence or things like kidnappings mostly being the result of child custody disputes. Like when confronted with those realities, we have to actually properly start thinking about doing something about them and funding Mm. them and, and like, so it's much easier to just go, la, 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 it's a scary boogeyman. She got kidnapped off the side of the road. Like, it definitely isn't that maybe he was abusive or something's happened, like, or she's left, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, nope, she was kidnapped by the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. It was like Hillary Clinton and the lizard people out of a pizza shop. Yes. Everybody wants (laughs) it to be the scariest. believing that. Right? Because Mm. that's, it's so much easier to believe that than that it's something really close to home. So anyway, that's just an aside. But for those reasons and more, I think people really got into this story um, a fine Sherry Papini website was set up. Members of the public made up search committees. Keith Papini, even though he was a pretty private person, like he didn't even have Facebook, he started giving TV interviews to anyone who would listen because he wanted to make sure his wife's story would stay in the spotlight. Mm. A GoFundMe raised thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and really bizarrely, this man called Brandon Gamble, who called himself an international kidnapping and ransom consultant says that he is certain that Sherry has been abducted because he's trained in lie detection and he watched Keith's 2020 interview so, like, he he knows Keith's telling the truth and he doesn't think Sherry's the type of person who would do anything dodgy. So he releases a video on YouTube saying that a wealthy benefactor had put up a reward of $50,000 for Sherry's release And Gamble said he would handle the exchange of the money for Sherry. And he put a clock on it like the abductors had to get in touch with him by X day if they wanted the money. And the police were like, the police and the FBI were like, can you not? Like, you're just like annoying and effing up what we're trying to do. And Keith, though, he... He didn't support this guy, but he didn't not support him. Like, later in interviews, he just said, look... If he was saying that a rich anonymous person was offering $50,000 and he could maybe get her back, I'm I'm not going to say no to any possibility of help. So mm. he was just like, if he wants to try it, let him try it. Feels um, like he was just trying to get himself some attention though, well, like looking for those sweet YouTube <laughs> clips. Like I'd be yeah. very curious to know if there actually was a wealthy benefactor. Well, listen to this. You're right on the money. The deadline of hearing from the abductors passed. And so then Gamble said he hadn't heard anything, so he puts up another video on YouTube saying, the deadline has now passed. You've missed your chance. The money is off the table. Now I'm offering the money to anyone who finds and brings me you, the kidnappers. Now there's a bounty on your head, which is exactly out of the movie Ransom (laughs) with Mel Gibson. (laughs) That is exactly the plot of the movie Ransom. And so then after... 
like giving that ultimatum, he starts constantly plugging his kidnapping and ransom consultancy business, which he's just opened to anyone uh-huh. who will listen. Uh-huh. So he is just an odd person who just pops up in this ever increasingly odd story. Mm-hmm. So it's been 21 days at this point and nobody seemed any closer to finding Sherry. Police said that they had categorically ruled out Keith as a suspect because a lot of people were like, it has to be the husband, like he just killed her and buried her somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they're saying no, he um, agreed to and passed a lie detective test. He handed over his phone. He let them look at his computer. Like they were just like, we've ruled him out. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. He He's not involved. Mm-hmm. Um, they follow over 400 leads that they got offered and found nothing. Sherry mm-hmm. Papini just seems to have completely vanished. On the 23rd of November... The entire community come together at the letterboxes where Sherry's phone had been found and they release hundreds of yellow balloons into the air to, like, let Sherry know that they're looking for her as kind of like a homing beacon. Like, we're here, Sherry. We're here. Great idea. Did it work? Well, miracle of miracles, the next day. Thanksgiving in the US, November 24, 22 days since Sherry Papini disappeared she re-emerged. Peace off. <laughs> Maybe the yellow balloons worked. <laughs> she was found early I in the morning, corrected. like three or four in the morning, about 250 kilometres from her home in Reading. She had been dumped on the side of a freeway with a chain around her waist. She flagged down a car and the woman who stopped to like pick her up called 911. Mm. Um, Sherry is immediately taken to hospital and Keith said he was called by the police on the phone soon after that and while they were telling him that they found Sherry, he could hear her in the background screaming, Mm. like in the hospital. So he immediately guns it to the hospital. She's at a couple hundred kilometres away. And in his uh, television interview he does later, um, I keep referring to this 2020 interview and Given everything that's happened now, it's so fascinating. It's on YouTube. You really should go and watch it. We'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, in this interview, he explains what happened to Sherry and what she looked like when he found her at the hospital and he's weeping in this interview mm-hmm. as he describes her. So he says she's completely emaciated. She dropped from her usual 50 kilos, which is pretty small anyway, to about 40, mm-hmm. um, which is even though she's like quite, Short, that is still, that is tiny. (laughs) That is skeletal. Her um, hair had been chopped off, which Keith referred to as her signature long blonde hair, was Mm. gone. She was covered in bruises and rashes and she had been branded on the back (gasps) of her right shoulder, like we Mm. talked about with Petey Davidson. Davidson, You know what they do to cows or Pete Davidson Mm. does to himself, like the like the burning mm. into your skin. What was branded so, onto her? They have not said still now. She oh. was branded with something that they have not revealed what it was. Uh-huh. I'm dying to know, and I'm sure we'll find out mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. So Sherry says that she had indeed been out jogging like Keith thought she had that morning, 22 days earlier, when a van pulled up and two Hispanic women in masks got out of the van and dragged her into it and told her they were selling her into sex trafficking. How could she tell they were Hispanic if they were wearing masks? 
Who's to say? <laughs> they were Hispanic, she says. Okay. All right. Well, I've just spotted one hole in the story, yes. but continue. So she won't say much else. She refuses to talk to the police without Keith. And when she does, she's very vague and she won't say much. And then she says that the Hispanic women told her that this sex trafficking ring goes all the way to the top so there's even high-level police involved. So now Sherry has a fear of the police and doesn't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And Keith is incredibly protective of her and is so traumatised by how she looks and how she's clearly just been, like, beaten around and something awful's happened to her. So he wants to protect her. So he refuses. He's like, if she doesn't want to talk to you, I'm not, I'm not letting, like, I'm not making her. Like, I am with her all the time. Like, she basically... All we get from her is two Hispanic women took me. Here is a very vague description. Talk to my husband and leave me alone. And she just won't say anything else. So they kidnapped me and then just like a fucking Bond villain told me exactly what their diabolical plot yes. involves. Sex tra- selling just her into sex trafficking. Laid it all out. Right, okay. So the world goes nuts. Like this story is huge. There's much celebration by her family in the local community. And Keith does this big interview on 2020 where he talks about everything that's happened. Um, and it's kind of the biggest story in the US when it all breaks that Sherry is back and isn't this amazing? What a fairy tale ending. And then everyone lived happily ever after, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> Hello. I don't think so. so <laughs> With a lot of attention also comes a lot of scrutiny and it doesn't help that things just feel a bit off. Mm. Everything feels a bit off. And not everybody is convinced at the time that this whole thing isn't just a bit weird and fishy. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly at first because the story is just so unlikely. I mean, like we talked about before, People getting plucked off the street and put into sex trafficking isn't really a thing. Like, Mm. actual victims of sex trafficking generally tend to be, like, people who are forced into sex work by dodgy pimps. And it's not not the kind of – it's not like the movie Taken, like you Mm. think it is, where you're, like, you know, kidnapped from some place and then taken to a yacht in the middle of the European Ocean and put up for auction for billionaires. Like, that's not actually what it's Mm -hmm. like – but it seems like she's kind of insinuating that's what it's like because she's describing sex trafficking from what she understands it from, like, mm-hmm. movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so people are thinking that doesn't really make sense. Also, this stuff, I don't really know a lot about this stuff, but this is just what I read was, was like, red flags for people that if she was going to be used as a valuable asset for sex traffickers, they wouldn't have starved her and beat her and cut her long blonde hair. Like, right. she would need to... <laughs> Yeah. be a presentable person that people would want to purchase sex from. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Also, apparently, in sex trafficking, they don't brand people because that is something that damage. they discreetly yeah. tattoo them. They want to protect the asset. Right. Mm. I don't know anything about this stuff. This is just what I've read people were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I- I'm by no means an expert. But, mm. I mean, the other thing that most people were saying was, like, why did they let her go and not attempt to get any money? And if they did just freak out and were like, let's cut our losses, we're not getting money, there's too much press, why didn't they just kill her? Like, mm-hmm. what if they were dumping her on the side of a freeway, why not dump her body on the side of the freeway yeah. so that she can't 
say anything to anyone yeah. about any. Do you know what I mean? Like, They're so exposing people, themselves to a lot more risk. By yes. This all sounds very part. crass, but this this is what people were saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So this speculation. Yeah. We'll probably get into this at some point, right? But like this is happening in 2016, yes. around the time that Trump is running for election and saying awful things yes. about Mexicans in particular. Uh-huh. And there's a huge amount of paranoia going on about this satanic pedophile cabal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of lizard people. As QAnon is starting yeah. to sort of emerge and Pizzagate becomes a big mm-hmm. thing. So this is all happening in this sort of climate. And in what state did you say it's happening? She's in California, but she's in rural California in a very white populated country area. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so. She's definitely part of the demographic. Yeah, she's definitely mm-hmm. part of the demographic of like people who, you know. Mm-hmm. Of a lot Maybe of people who embracing of all sorts of different ethnicities. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the specul all this kinds of speculation of everything I just described mainly starts on places like Reddit. Like people are talking about the case, saying things that they think are a bit sus, but it's a very tricky situation because nobody publicly wants to seem like they are victim blaming or not believing the victim of what has been, you know, alleged to be a very significant trauma. So publicly, people are kind of delicately saying, something odd has gone on here, but let's just trust the police and the process and they'll Mm. figure it out. But on Reddit, people don't give an F and they were just like, she's lying, he's lying, somebody's lying, let's get to the bottom of this, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People on Reddit were going nuts. And it didn't help that the police wouldn't say that she had definitely been kidnapped. The police Mm. just kept saying, we are exploring every option. Mm-hmm. So it didn't seem like the police were fully on board either. And I remember at the time reading stories and theories about it all and thinking, yes, something weird has happened here because her story was just so vague and unlikely. I mean, I take it you don't remember it at all at the time. No, but like I'm hearing thing. it from yeah. you and I'm so sceptical. Yeah, right? And it seems like anyone who would be hearing the details that you're sprinkling in would feel the same way. Well, it's interesting because... face value would be a really big leap. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, because I've been listening to research this, I've been listening back to, like, a lot of podcasts and stuff, and I found um, My Favourite Murder, which is one of my favourite podcasts, they talked about it back in 2016 when she was found. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny listening to it now, six years later, how delicately Karen and Georgia were talking about it. Like, Uh they were like... This is someone who's been kidnapped. She's now been found. Nobody wants to blame a victim. But there are some things that say, oh, I don't know, maybe we're just, I don't know, who knows. But anyway, but no, we've got to believe what she said. Like, because, you know, it was really hard to yeah. sort of say or allege or, you know, anything really publicly. But that's why on places like Reddit, people don't give an F. They are yeah, just, yeah. you know, going wild with all their theories. So, um. I remember just thinking at the time, you know, I'm going to file that away in my brain mm-hmm. because I feel like I'll hear more about this one day. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to remember that happened. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In my it's brain of up again. Mm. 99% TV references and then obscure stories that I can one day tell on just the gist is basically what my brain is filled with. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of theories floated around on Reddit and the internet because people were doing their kind of own armchair investigating at the time. 
And a lot of pretty sus, not so great stuff came out in all this armchair sleuthing. So first of all, there was a lot of talk on Facebook and in comment sections on articles about Sherry Papini from people who grew up with Sherry saying that, surprise, surprise, she was always the girl in school who had a massive problem with lying. And you know how I feel about friends who have big problems with lying. I've Mm. talked before about my obsession with female scammers probably started with one of my oldest childhood friends who ended up just 90% of the life I knew about her was a lie and made up on Facebook. And it, like, it really messes with your head when you have a friend like that. Yeah. And everybody knows a friend. Everybody can tell you that. Who was that one person from your high school who everybody knew just lied about everything all the time? Like, there was always one of them. We've all got the, and I think most people probably grow up and mature out of it. But then a lot of people, like the person I knew, Mm. grew up and got more tools as Facebook became a thing and the internet became a thing. And it just started growing in a whole new universe. She started creating false identities that we're interacting with each other, right? My old friend, friend. yes. Mm. (laughs) Like that's extreme. It's extreme. And so that's the kind of stuff people were saying about Sherry, that she was always that person who lied a lot. Um, And as she got older, she didn't mature out of it. Her lies actually got worse. They got quite destructive. Um, When she was a teenager and she was upset with her parents, she accused them of abusing her, Mm. like, officially to the authorities to get back at them. Um, She would constantly make up illnesses she didn't have and, like, go on about them online. She would constantly talk about traumas she'd been through to, like, garner sympathy on Facebook, like, that kind of person. Mm -hmm. So there's that. She apparently has this history of being a pathological liar. But still, this is all just speculation, things people are saying on the internet at the time in 2016. Then this is very similar so far to Belle Gibson. Right? Very, the, very similar to like Bill Gibson. People coming forward with those sorts of stories yes. and people were either choosing to ignore it or shoot those people down. Exactly. Mm. So all of this, these kinds of people are coming out about Sherry Papini. And then when Reddit sleuthers did some more digging, they found that although Sherry had made this entire blog about her dream wedding um, and first marriage to Keith, she'd actually been married once before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, that was something the police knew because they had tracked down her ex-husband when she went missing and ruled him out as a suspect and he basically wanted nothing to do with her, indicated she was a total nutter and just like with her parents, she had accused him of abuse when things weren't going her way and so he was just like, no, thank you, leave me out of it, she's cray. Mm-hmm. So there was also, and it's interesting that before you mentioned that this was a time when Trump was stoking a lot of racial... Uh, suspicion and hatred, particularly towards Hispanic people and people Mm. who might want to jump the border from um, South uh, America into the US. He was overtly Um, calling them rapists, right? Yes, he was. (laughs) Yes. Um, People dug up. It's amazing what people can do on the internet. I don't understand technology, but people can do this stuff. People dug up a bunch of old internet comments and posts by Sherry which had linked her to pro-white power groups and websites, and she'd said some pretty racist things, particularly about Hispanic people, and had complained um, openly on the internet about society not letting her be proud to be white and of being worried about uh, certain people and ethnicities, particularly Hispanic people, 
um, moving en masse into her area. So it doesn't yeah, really it indicate like it her oh, yeah. kidnapping is dodgy, but not great. Not great, mm. really. Mm. So um, <laughs> this is also this one, this next one theory is one that I sort of thought was most likely at the time. People got fixated on this Brandon Gamble guy, the international kidnapping and ransom consultant. Mm. A theory was floating around that he was somehow connected to the Papini family and they had all orchestrated this whole thing to, like, promote his business and or get a reality show, not unlike what um, uh, the story I told about the balloon boy and how his family had orchestrated that in the hopes of, Once there's attention on us, they'll see how photogenic and telegenic we are and then Mm -hmm. they'll put us on TV and fame and fortune will follow. Um, There was a theory even floated that maybe Sherry didn't know and her husband and the Brandon Brandon Gamble guy were in on it together, like, just to make sure her reaction was authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also a theory that Keith and Sherry had just done it for money because they had a lot of credit card debt apparently and... With the GoFundMe that was set up to help find her, they were able to use that to pay off their credit card debt. Plus, Sherry got uh, quite a bit of money from uh, the state has like a victim's compensation program where people Mm. who've been through a significant kind of trauma um, get a certain amount of money from the state. So they did Mm -hmm. get some money out of it. Then there was the theory that Sherry Papini had pulled a gone girl. So Gone Girl was the film based on the book by Gillian Flynn, which had come Mm. out two years, the film had come out two years earlier in 2014. Have you seen it? No, I know um, Ben Affleck's in it. Ben Affleck, yes, Ben Ben Affleck's (laughs) in it. It's about a woman, I mean, I'm really giving you just the gist, but it's about a woman who feels really underappreciated by her husband in her marriage. So she stages a kidnapping to basically make him pay for being a shitty partner and make him wish that he had treated her better when he had the chance. Um, One of the main reasons people thought this is because apparently, I can't verify this, I've heard it spoken about on a couple of podcasts, but I can't seem to work out what the original source is. But apparently on the day that she disappeared, Sherry Papini had texted Keith uh, and asked him to come home at lunchtime to have sex with her, and he had said no, he was too busy. Mm. And then apparently... When he found her iPhone and her headphones in the grass, their wedding song was playing on repeat Mm -hmm. through her phone. Mm -hmm. And people were like, she's pulled a gone girl. Like she's Uh trying to make him feel bad for not appreciating her enough. Uh So those are the main theories. Like do you have a sense of which? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. Okay. I'm going to take a bit of a stab. Look, I don't think the Brandon Gamble guy is connected to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was just being opportunistic. And like when, you know, a psychic medium shows up when someone's yeah. missing and they claim that they'll be able to solve the crime, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to grab some of the spotlight. So I don't think he's connected. I feel like it's usually the husband, so I feel like the husband's going to be involved in some capacity. That's what, yeah. in the 2016 episode of My Favourite Murder, they both really thought that it was probably the husband. Uh-huh. Um, there's also part of me that thinks that she could have just, you know, orchestrated this whole thing herself. Yeah. And kept everyone in the dark. 
and, you know, she has managed to create this whole situation which has outcomes that she feels are going to be positive because it's going to help rally up support for tightening up border control, particularly with Mm. Central and South America, Um, and she's going to get a whole lot of attention and potentially a lot of money, which she did. So, yeah, I think she's operating alone. Well, it felt like we would never really know to be mm-hmm. honest, because this all happened in 2016 and, you know, it's now 2022. It's been six years. And in that time, she never did an interview. Like, he did them all. And he only did a couple. Once she was found, he kind of stopped with the press. He he really had only done the press to keep her story in the news while she was missing. Um, and the money they did get from the Victims' Compensation Fund was actually only paid for all her PTSD therapy. So they didn't just get handed cash. Mm-hmm. They got like the money was given directly to a therapist to pay for her sessions. Uh Um, So they didn't really get a huge amount of money out of it and they haven't got a huge amount of press out of it. Um, Every time she thought she remembered something new in therapy, they would tell the police. But, I mean, other than that, they've avoided media attention. Like they don't really seem to have capitalised on the situation at all. They kind of just disappeared and went back to living there life. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. right. The kidnapping and ransom consultant was found to have no connection to them. So they weren't really doing it with him for any reason. Mm. So like people have kind of been like, well, what is the go then? Like Mm. no one on Reddit could really let it go. The um, posts and the threads kind of died down, but everyone has still been speculating, speculating, but it kind of just disappeared as a story but people have been quietly sleuthing in the background, but mostly the story kind of faded away over the last six mm-hmm. years because they did too. They just went back to living their lives, the Papini family. Mm-hmm. But the police were still investigating because even though they never said so publicly, they always thought the whole thing was a bullshit uh-huh. <laughs> and they were pissed <laughs> off. And then on March 3rd of this year, just last month, the world finally found out what really happened to Sherry Papini because on that day, the FBI arrested her for faking her own kidnapping. Shut up. Shut All up. All right, here are the juicy details. <laughs> Go. I've been wanting to do this story for so long and I'm so glad that I waited because everything has broken in the last couple of weeks. It's so exciting. Hot off the press. So, the details. What had always confused the police and the FBI was that even though Sherry Papini had insisted two Hispanic women had kidnapped her and she'd only had contact with them, they had found male DNA on Sherry's clothing, which wasn't her husband Keith's. Mm. And so they had put this DNA data into the DNA database, like the criminal DNA database, but they didn't find a match. Mm -hmm. Until this year, they searched not just the criminal database, but they started searching family DNA websites like Ancestry.com and 23andMe and all of those Uh, ones, and they got a familial match. uh So not the person whose DNA it was, but a relative of that person. Uh So the FBI investigated, talked to this person who matched with the DNA on like Ancestry.com or whatever it was. Mm. And when they looked into this person's family, they realised that he was related to one of Sherry's old high school (gasps) ex-boyfriends. Shut up, I'm getting a beer. Pause for a second. (laughs) 
Oh, this is too good. It's too good. Oh. <sighs> okay, I'm back. So they get in touch with this high school ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. of Sherry Papini. His name is James Reyes. They go to his apartment and the second he opens the door and sees them, he's like, yeah, I know why you're here. And he tells them everything. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to (laughs) know? Okay. So about six months before her disappearance, Sherry had started texting James, her old high school ex-boyfriend. She was telling him that she missed him and that her husband was super abusive. She was telling him she was stuck in this awful abusive marriage and she dreamed of escaping so that they could be together again, her and James. So when you see him, you're kind of like, yeah, he probably remembers her as the hottest, coolest girlfriend he ever had because he's a bit, he just looks kind of like a grown-up nerd. I mean, they're all... They were all 34 back in 2016, so what are they now, about 40? So they're not much older than us. You can see him being like, oh, my God, I can't believe my old hot high school girlfriend wants to be with me again. So you can believe that he'd just be like, yeah, I'll do anything. Mm -hmm. So she says to James, the only way I can get away is if he thinks I've been kidnapped because otherwise he'll come after me. Like, he will not stop until he's found me. He won't let me go. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't just say I'm leaving and come and be with you. I need to disappear. So she organises for James to come and pick her up from the letterboxes near her home. She asks him to have his apartment ready so that she can sleep in his room with the windows all boarded up so nobody can see her for a while. Mm -hmm. And he does it. I mean, A, because I think he's psyched, but B, I think the police have said he is just genuinely a very nice person and this woman told him that he was being abused, that she was being abused, sorry, and he just really wanted to help her escape what she alleged was an incredibly abusive situation that she was in in her marriage. Okay, that's so, very sweet, but clearly the guy's not very smart because... That's like, what I, I, I didn't want to say, but yes, I think he's just a simple, nice guy who she... I mean, they always say that very manipulative people pick their marks very specifically. They know who they can, you know, oh yeah, work they their go scams for on. The most gullible and, like... For most people, they would be like, if she ran away, yeah, the husband's going to look for her. If she fakes a kidnapping, she's going to have the FBI looking for her <laughs> as well yeah. as the entire community. But he, yeah. apparent, I think he's just a sweet, simple guy, honestly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know if we'll hear more from him. We're certainly going to hear more about this story because all this is only just broken. But this is what he said. The police said that he told them. So um, he does everything she asks because he says he's so concerned for her. He lives hundreds of kilometres away. He drives all the way there, picks her up. He says that she lies in the back seat all the way back on the hundreds of kilometres trip back to his apartment. She lies down in the back seat because she says she's so scared. Like, Mm -hmm. Keith's going to see her and he's coming after her. And then she just, like, lives in his apartment for three weeks. And he says... He's a little disappointed that she makes him sleep on the couch so she stays exclusively in his room. He also has a flatmate, which I don't know how that works. (gasps) So she's just in the room. And he's going to work every day. So I don't – but apparently he just says, you know, when he's home, they hang out in his room, they watch TV, whatever. Like, but she does not leave his room, like, at all. I guess – I mean, I don't know about the toilet situation. I have a lot of questions, but Mm -hmm. she's just in his room. 
Um, he said they watched the news stories together about her being missing, but like he didn't really ask questions and she seemed quite wrapped up in it Mm -hmm. um, and excited by it. He says there was no romantic or sexual interaction between them. Um, He said after about two weeks of this, of just being in his room and him sort of wondering what's going on but sort of being too nervous to ask, um, she said, he said that she seemed like, she was wanting to go home. Like she mm-hmm. seemed, and she started talking about how she like was missing her kids and maybe, you know, even though things are bad with Keith, she can't leave her kids. And he was like, you know, I understood that. That would be so hard to leave your kids. So I understood that maybe she'd changed her mind. She wanted to go home. But she said to him, look, I can't just turn back up without it looking real because Keith would be so angry at me if I just left. So mm-hmm. it needs to look real. So he said that she stopped eating for like the next two weeks, which is why she lost so much weight. Mm. And she asked him to hurt her so she would have visible injuries. And he said he didn't want to do that. He was like, no, I like, sorry, no. Um, But he said he did agree to help her hurt herself. Mm. So um, things like she asked him to go and buy all these strong liquid chemicals for her and then the next day he noticed she was covered in rashes so he assumed that she was in there like, oh. I don't know, rubbing herself in it. He did, he said um, he would hold a hockey stick um, and then she would like run into it and like <gasps> like to like ram herself into it to yeah. give herself bruises. He oh. said the one thing that he did that she asked him to do was um, – he was a hockey player. He was um he was like hitting hockey pucks at her <gasps> oh! to like bruise her. Um, he said that was the only thing he agreed to do. Um, she cut her own hair, so she cut all her hair off. She started like doing things like bashing her head against the headboard of the bed and just basically purposely trying to injure herself. Um, <laughs> and then he said she asked him to go to a craft store, so like you know Spotlight or Lincraft for us and get a wood branding tool. Like, so you use, so when you make, like, wood whatever and you use it you to brand it the wood, yeah. Hot stuff. Like yeah. your initials or whatever, I don't know. Um, so he goes and gets this wood branding tool and when he brings it home, she says, I need you to brand me. And again, I wish I knew what the brand was. They're not saying what it is. And he says the only reason he agreed to it is because she wanted it on the back of her shoulder and he was worried she would seriously hurt herself trying to do that herself. Mm. So he was like, fine, I will just do it. <laughs> so he brands the back of her shoulder oh. with this wood branding tool. Mm. Then he says she asked him, so she's been there for 22 days or whatever, she asked him to drive her to the spot where she was found, a couple hundred kilometres from where she lives. Mm. She um, wrapped a chain around herself that he'd brought for her from wherever. That was one of her requests. Um, And she jumped out of the car. And he said after that, he went home and never heard from her again. And when he saw what a big story it was, he was worried he'd get in in trouble. So he just didn't say anything and didn't want anything to do with it Mm -hmm. and felt kind of stupid that he'd gotten wrapped up in this situation. Yeah, buddy. So the FBI bring in... Sherry for questioning about this new information. Mm. And as usual, she does her, I'm so fragile and scared I can't do the interview without my husband. And they're like, you want your husband in here for this? Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) 
she sits there with her husband and they put all this evidence to her. They say that they found her ex-boyfriend, James Reyes, that her phone records indicate that not only had she been messaging with him for six months before um, her kidnap, she'd also Mm. been messaging several men in her phone that she'd listed under women's names. So they found all these text interactions with a whole bunch of men and I think she was testing them all out and picked Uh. the one who, you know. Seemed the most gullible. Would be the most Jamesy. Mm. So they tell her that all the vague details she'd given about the apartment she'd been held captive in actually matched the exact layout of James Reyes's apartment. So when she'd been telling them details, she had just been telling them re- real details of where she'd been staying. They even found, get this, this is the most Karen slash Becky slash white mom thing to do. <laughs> On her Pinterest, she had saved <laughs> she had saved images of items used in her kidnapping, including an image of the exact wood branding tool she'd been hoping to buy from the craft store. <laughs> so she planned her kidnapping on Pinterest. She just planned it. She manifested it like yeah. the secret with a yes. vision board. <laughs> She did. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, Geraldine. <laughs> I just hope to Oprah that they filmed that police interview with her and we get to see her and her husband's yes. reactions in this room. And at first, because she's a psycho, she attempts to throw James Reyes under the bus. So she keeps saying, oh, he's an old friend. I love him dearly. Like, I can't believe you would do this to me. Are you saying he's the one who orchestrated the whole thing? I was at his house? What? (laughs) Like, she's still saying it was two Hispanic women and, like, insinuating, like, he must have organized it. Um, But they they don't, they're not buying it. They don't think he's guilty at all. They do think what we think that he's just a bumbling, simple guy who got roped Mm. into something way more effed up than he realized at the time trying to help a woman he had a crush on. So... They do this interview and on March 3rd, 2022, like I said, the FBA FBA, (laughs) FBI announced that Sherry Papini has been arrested and charged with lying to federal agents about her fake kidnapping. She's in jail for a few days and is then released on Mm. bail. So this was like Mm. what, about a month ago, a bit over a month, almost two months ago now. Uh So Keith, until this point, this whole time, has stood steadfastly by her side. Like, mm-hmm. over the years, he has lashed out at people who have questioned her story. He's only comment since she was found, his only comments to the media have basically been like, how dare anyone say this isn't real? My wife is traumatised. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, over the last month, there's been no media statements from him, nothing. And the media goes nuts because, like, finally... Finally, we can all talk openly about the fact that this whole thing seemed fishy from the start. We all knew it. And it's Mm -hmm. not victim blaming anymore because she's not a victim. She's a liar. (laughs) So the last six weeks, there's been a lot of talk about this whole story and like speculation about like, you know, what's Sherry going to do? Is she going to double down? Is she going to go to trial? Like, was he involved? They haven't arrested him. Like, he mustn't be like, what's going to happen? Okay. She's not going to go to trial. Because just a few days ago, it was announced that rather than go to trial, Sherry Papini had finally 
come clean. Uh In order to get a more lenient deal because she was facing decades of jail time and there was so much evidence against her, Sherry admitted finally that she had indeed faked her own kidnapping six years ago. She pled guilty to lying to federal agents and mail fraud. The mail fraud was for accepting checks from the victim's compensation fund that she got money for being a victim, even Mm. though she, you know, had been through nothing. She was fined $300,000 and is definitely going to get some jail time, um, but won't be sentenced until July. So we'll Mm -hmm. have an update for you in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. There's still no details, though, about why she did it. Um, When she pled guilty, she did release a statement. She said, I am so deeply ashamed of myself for my behaviour and so sorry for the pain I've caused my family, my friends and all the good people who needlessly suffered because of my story and those who worked so hard trying to help me. I will work the rest of my life to make amends for what I have done. So after that, the one thing I was dying to know, the one thing everyone is dying to know Mm. is Keith sticking by him. What is Keith thinking? What is going on with Keith? He wasn't arrested, so he mustn't have anything to do with it. What's he going to do? He has literally been her number one supporter, her prince, her guardian angel, her white knight. He's going to divorce her, that's what. Literally a day ago, a day ago. I'm so glad we waited to do this episode. (laughs) One day ago, it was announced, Keith Papini has filed for divorce from Sherry Papini He's asking for full custody of their children who are now aged nine and seven. Uh-huh. And I want to read you a statement because in his divorce like petition, he had, he had to do like a statement when he was requesting full custody of their kids. Um, I'm going to read this to you. It's really awful. Um, in March 2022, Sherry Papini was literally tackled by law enforcement officers while arresting her, all in the immediate presence of our children. Apparently it was quite funny. When she was arrested, um, she was with her kids at like some school event and they called her outside because they didn't want her to, to escape. So they called her outside and said there was trouble with her car. So she came outside, saw all the police and went, no, and tried to run. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, lol, no. Um <laughs> Um, He says, that was all in the immediate presence of our children. They were again traumatised. After she was released from jail, she assured the children that the arrest was all a mistake. Since her release, she has lived with a relative and has had uh, limited contact with the children. The children have now learned that their mother lied to them about her disappearance, lied to them about how she was abused by two Hispanic women and lied to them about her arrest. The fact that their mother lied to them on such a major issue is something they and I are having a hard time dealing with. We, both the children and I, need time to recover and stabilise. Considering that Sherry Papini has just pled guilty to felony charges and is awaiting sentencing that could involve substantial prison time and has agreed to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in restitution, I do not believe she is in a position to provide good parenting. No shit. And it would be inconceivable to thrust the children into that chaotic situation. I'm asking that the court order that her visitation uh, shall be determined by what I believe is in their best interest. I believe that the record is clear that Sherry has some significant mental health issues that I do not believe are resolved or even fully understood. 
considering how upset the children are about what their mother has done and that it is unknown how she is going to reconcile her misconduct toward them in developing an ongoing relationship, at least in the immediate future, I believe that some type of supervised visitation only is the most appropriate. I am asking that the court help me protect my children from the negative impact of their mother's notoriety. Mm-hmm. Good. So that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad she, to hear it. Yeah. She'll be sentenced in July. I mean, it is so true. What kind of psycho puts their two-year-old and four-year-old through a month of thinking that their mother's been kidnapped by the boogeyman mm. and then lets them believe it for years? Yeah. For years. So messed up. It is so messed wow. up. I can't believe that I guessed correctly. I that, can't believe uh, that this story has, down. like, a resolution where we know what happened. I yeah. honestly thought, oh, the Sherry Papini story is going to be one of those things where we always speculate but we'll never really know. Mm. It's like, no, you know what it was? Freaking Ancestry.com. <laughs> like, wow. Tra- I, she never would have in a million years thought the DNA off my clothes is going to match to a relative of my ex-boyfriend's and they are going to find that relative, then find him, then he'll tell everything. Like, how could she possibly have thought that would happen? Yeah, or because someone wanted to drop 50 bucks to find out what ethnicities were in their family tree. Yeah. Like, that, wow, wow, yeah, she couldn't have seen (laughs) that coming. This is going to make the best TV series. She literally is the real-life gone girl. Like, it does sound like she did it just for attention, mm. I guess. Oh. Feels like I there mean, are some racial motivations there as well. Probably. I mean, yeah, given that there's you, that alleged history of her saying incredibly racist things on the internet, um, you know, and then there's also, there's clear, like, you clearly have got to be pathological in some kind of way. Oh, like, yeah. just yeah. messed up. She's not well, no. She's not well. Mm. And what happened to James? Is he facing consequences, no, legal consequences? Like, he he didn't do anything illegal. As soon as they came to him, he told them everything they wanted to know. So... There's no charge for, like, aiding and abetting? I mean, I guess the fact that he cooperated because would faking, Because faking the kidnap itself is not a crime. It was lying to police once they once she got home, like... The FBI and the police had said if once she came home, she would just said to them, look, I was unhappy in my marriage and I had this idea and it got out. If she told them the truth, she probably wouldn't have got in trouble. She probably would have been fined for the money they spent looking for her. Mm. But legally, her issue is that she lied to them and continued to lie to them for six years about it. Mm. So she's been charged with lying to federal officers and for accepting the victim's compensation money. So right. technically he didn't he didn't do anything and he was completely open with them when they came to him and they even said, like, the police, I've, I don't have the exact quote here, but um, the police basically said he is a very nice person who really just was trying to help in a very weird situation that was way over his head. Just got manipulated. Yeah. Ah, right. Whew. And so all of this has happened in, like, the last like six days. Wow. So I cannot even, there is going to be so many documentaries. There's going to uh-huh. be so many TV specials. 
Keith Papini is going to have way more to say. Like James Reyes, he's definitely going to do some kind of massive paid interview. Like so, everyone's going to talk. Yeah. And like it's, I'm going to lap up every second. Keith has posted. Like there's going to be more that comes out in just the next few I weeks. I got to say, sure. back updated. at the start, I really thought Keith and her were in it together. Like I, I back in 2016, I was like, they've they've pulled some balloon boy thing where they're trying to get a reality show and mm-hmm. I tr- and but he really seems like you know one of the only decent people in the whole situation mm. it's yeah. just nuts it's really good news that he's decided to remove him and more importantly his the kids, kids from the situation as yeah. best he can um cuz yeah they're all going to take a while to heal from this. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's a whole to-do. messy mess. Oof. I mean, she's a piece of work. Yeah. She's added to our Elizabeth Holmes, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, <laughs> Bell Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes, Bell Gibson, Sherry Papini, like mm-hmm. just pathological women. So fascinating. Yeah. What's in their brains? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be incredible if you could just listen in to their inner monologue, if you could find a way to eavesdrop on what thoughts bounce around in their skulls? I mean, the thing is when men are psychos, they just kill people. They're just violent. When women are psychos, they're, like, diabolical. It's so much more interesting to me. Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love me a female scammer and this is just... Such a good female scammer story. Just so weird. And to what end? To what end? To make her husband feel bad? I mean, if that's true about her leaving her iPhone there for him to find with their wedding dance song playing on repeat, like, you'll rue the day you ever undervalued me, hubby. She's such a little drama queen. I know. Wow. They must, she must have been facing such epic jail time to finally say, okay, I admit it. Yeah. Like it must have been like 50 years or or tell us, you know. Mm-hmm. She must have had like no choice. Yeah. Because and liars you- like that always double down. They never admit it. So the fact she admitted it, she must have been facing a hefty punishment. Yeah, probably the rest of her life. Yeah, for like her to said, go. She's about okay. forty, so if she yeah. was looking at anything beyond forty, fifty years, then yeah. like you're never getting out, sweetheart. So, I, like, if they said to you, her, "You're either getting thirty years, or if you admit it, you'll get ten. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. she, I reckon that's the only thing that would make her admit it. It was guaranteed she was going to be found guilty by the sound of it. For sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. They had her. They had her. Um. Wow. And when's Elizabeth Holmes' sentencing? Oh, also July. Uh, I wonder where she is now. Well, I mean, Keith said she's staying with a relative, so I guess she's, you know. She's not in custody. That's surprising to me. I mean, I guess she's not violent, but she's certainly a flight risk, I would think. I mean, not a particularly successful one. (laughs) Where's she going to go? How many ex-boyfriends can she call? Everyone knows her game now. <laughs> uh, just check the back seat of every car. Yeah. Uh, they, that was amazing. I yeah. had 
so much fun listening to that. I mean, that it's a, a dark, one. dark story, but wow. Mm. I can't and wait I've to wanted talk to tell it. About this. I've wanted to tell it a few times over the years because I've been like, "Well, it's over. What are we ever going to find out?" And it would be fun to speculate. But I'm so glad I waited because yeah. we found out. Woo. And so you're going to share the 2020 interview with Keith. And, yeah. So the 2020 interview he did. Um, there's a bunch of podcast episodes um, about it over the years. There's a a gazillion articles about it. I'll share the article where you can read through Keith's entire divorce petition statement because I only read you a small chunk of it. Um, yeah, there's been, uh, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's, I'll put a lot of links in the show notes. But, I mean, if you Google her name right now, oh, my God, you won't leave the computer for three hours because there's just so much <laughs> and more coming out every day. I'm so excited. Wicked. Oh, well, hey, oh, look at us. We did yeah. it. I'm super Yay. dusty after a long weekend I know. in Tamworth oh, dancing you? around in <laughs> cowboy boots and you've got a run-of-the-mill cold for the I first know, time in years. I know, can you believe it? How quaint to just have a regular cold. I've done like five rats and it turns out I've just got regular old sniffles. Like you said, how vintage, yeah. how retro. We've Just to have to a cold. Like a dozen cities on all these flights. We've been hanging out at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for weeks in crowds and crowds of people, but we've still managed to dodge COVID this entire time. And I just Touch caught wood. a regular Let's not get cocky. Cold. Of all things. I know. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> so yeah, I am a little bit nasal, but um other than that, like I feel fine. But mm. um yeah, I just feel a bit rusty because this is the first um episode I've done in a studio for so long. Yeah. It feels weird not to get rounds of applause and laughter. I know. How how odd to not mm. just get instant gratification of the crowd loving everything I do. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I do miss these ones because we get to do them. They're longer and it's different different to live shows. Yeah. Questioning along the way for sure. Along the way. Um, But we'll be back to regular programming very soon. Will we do another studio app next week? Next week, yep, for And sure. then we'll and then, probably have a live one and then mostly back to studio ones now. Yeah, and we've got some good ones that we're working on, so. Yeah, we do. Get we've ready. Both, we've both got a big backup of stuff because the ones you do for these studio episodes are very different to the live, because the live mm. shows we can only really do about 15 minutes each, so they're, like, mm. they're short ones. And also they have to be quite, you know, they can't be dark. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of like murders and I've been wanting to do Nexium for a while and Jeffrey Epstein for a while and they're not the kinds of things you can really do <laughs> when you got a rowdy crowd who you just did a dance number to. So mm. there's a whole bunch of those I really want to do. Like we've both got a whole bunch of content we're dying to do that we can only really do in um, just the just classic. Look, we don't um, know how to end it anymore. <laughs> no, we clearly oh, don't. So let's just say bye-bye. Bye. We love you. Bye-bye. 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 Listener.